Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. This morning, we continue our June series called Summer Baggage. And here in this series, we're exploring the baggage we carry in life. All the things we pack into our life that we carry with us. If you think about packing, you know, how many of you, when you pack, you know, you're kind of on a spectrum of one or two extremes, maybe. One extreme is everything is packed neat and tidy. The other, everything is just, well, it's just there. <laughs> so just a quick show of hands. How many of you are the neat and tidy, everything has a place, a few of you. How many of you um, are on the other extreme and it's just... Well, you're lucky you got something in there. <laughs> and half of the rest of you maybe somewhere in between. Oh, and that's for you. Some of you, like, how many of you just don't pack at all? Someone else packs for you. You don't have to worry about it. Well, again, as we explore this series, you know, we, there's a lot of things we could look at that we pack in our lives. You know, the things that we carry with us. And whether you imagine that like, you know, a gigantic backpack full of stuff that's whether neatly packed or overflowing or suitcases that, that weigh more than they should. The things we carry in life can weigh us down. But the things we carry in life can also, you know, uplift us and, and give us resources for the journey of life. So today, as we do that, I have a question for you just for us to begin pondering. The question is this, what are you most afraid of? You think about it just for a moment. What are you most afraid of? <clears throat> now, some of the top fears that, that you know, many people have. Here's some of the fears. Maybe this is some of your fears. One of the top fears for people is the fear of arachnophobia. Anyone afraid of spiders? I mean, not just like, ooh, scared me, there's a spider, but like terrified of spiders. No. Spiders are pretty cool. I remember one year, you know, for our youth group, there was a, it was a challenge, and it was a challenge to eat weird things, you know, and the challenge to do weird things, and then one of the other days, it was a challenge to have a spider, a tarantula, crawl on you. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do that. I tell you what, it feels really weird as they crawl up your arm. I did that. I don't have arachnophobia. That was still a little bit weird. All right. One of the other fears that people have, let's keep going through these, is orthodophobia. An intense fear of snakes. Anyone have a fear of snakes? Anyone love snakes? Now, growing up, you know, I grow, I mean, I've shared this before. Growing up, we'd have these little snakes, usually about this big, you know, maybe, you know, six inches to maybe eight to ten inches long, called red racers. And we loved to pick them up, and we'd play with them, and they'd wrap themselves around our fingers, and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's some of the other top fears. Here's another fear for you. Acrophobia, an intense fear of heights. Those of you are like, yeah, you know. So some of you wouldn't like want to go rappelling off a mountain. That is a blast, by the way. You go jump off a mountain. Whee! And then you're just praying like the ropes are correct and that you tighten the seat up. It's all good. All right, here's another common fear. The fear, aerophobia, sorry, which is an intense fear of what? Flying. Anyone have a fear of Flying. You know, the truth is, you know, we live lives dominated by worry, stress, and fear. Now, a number of years ago, um, I had a friend that was part of our, 
whole admission team. It's one of the first years we went. And, and he dealt with some of these fears. And so we were trying to ease him because he, he did not like to fly. The whole idea of being on an airplane for like 10 hours just made him like, you know, kind of wring his hands. He was a little bit nervous. You know, the other thing he was definitely afraid of was snakes. And so being good friends, we tried to convince him that the movie they were going to play on the airplane <coughs> was snakes on an airplane. He's like, really? No. I said, yeah, it really is. And when we're all, you know, saying the same thing, it's, he was so relieved when he got on the airplane and there was no snakes and there was no movie snakes on an airplane. He put a patch on it and went, see ya. He was out. <laughs> You know, we, we all had to deal with fears. And some other recent studies, a study that's been around for about 15 years, you kind of see how fears of, of Americans develop. Like 15 years ago, one of the top fears was public speaking. Getting up in front of other people when their eyes are looking at you and just feeling... But you know, that, that top fear has gone down, and now one of the top fears is like nuclear war. Like... Somebody somewhere is going to get a little trigger happy and push the button and everything's just going to go kaboomy. But the reality is, you know, we live with fears. We, we live in a world, whether it's in our own personal lives, whether it's things going on in the world or some of the maybe silly fears that we don't know why we have, but we just have them and they're not silly to us. We live with fear. We live with stress. We live with worry. And that is often part of what we pack into the baggage that we carry in life. And, and sometimes, sometimes those fears can really shape how we interact with other people, how we live in this world from day to day. But today we're going to explore perhaps one of the more familiar passages in the Bible. Even for those who maybe have had little to, you know, no exposure to church, uh, to Christianity, to the Bible. And that is the words of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my what? My shepherd. Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. It's such a comforting image of the Lord is my shepherd. Now, this psalm was written about a thousand years before Jesus. And if you're familiar that, you know, with Jesus' words in John's gospel, we are told that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. That, that image of the shepherd is not just in Jesus' words in God, John's gospel and not just in the 23rd Psalm. There are many times throughout the scriptures, especially in the Psalms, where God refers to his relationship with his people as he is the shepherd and we are a sheep. The image of the shepherd who cares for his sheep. The shepherd who enfolds them in his loving arms. The shepherd who knows each of his sheep. And ultimately, in Jesus, the shepherd who's willing to lay down his life for his sheep. The good shepherd. So what does it mean if we're carrying all these fears, these worries, these stressors in life, you know, and they're all packed into our bags, and we're zooming through life, and, you know, we encounter that, but we also encounter the one who is our good shepherd. The one who cares for us. And for you. We're going to especially focus on these words of this psalm. It's a beautiful psalm. We could spend, you know, hours. But some of you might have Father's Day plans, so we won't spend hours today going through the 23rd psalm. But particularly here, verse 4. And let's read these words together. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, 
Because you are with me, I fear no evil. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Anyone get tripped up trying to do the old King James version of that psalm? You know, the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm are like two that even, you know, folks that, that may not care for the King James Version for other things, they just like that poetic version of the 23rd Psalm. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, more literally, not just, you know, the valley of death, but the darkest valley. Have you ever been in a dark valley in life? Ever had a dark moment in life with doubts, fears, and worries? The basic thing is David writes this, you know, David, who became King David, was a shepherd. And he knew what it was like to, to live as a shepherd, to care for the sheep, the, the role of the shepherd caring for the sheep. What it was like to lead them and guide them, not just on beautiful, sunny, you know, grassy hillsides, but through dark valleys. And he's also one that knew what it was like to be in those dark valleys. If you read through the Psalms, you can see some of the dark valleys that David found himself in. And as he writes, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord, that's Psalm 130. You know, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for help. David understood what it means to be human. To live, to walk through the darkest valleys. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, because you are with me, I fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. Now, when we talk about evil here, let's define evil really quick. Evil here, you know, in this word, is not just evil as in some wicked villain, you know, putting their hands together. But evil is that which causes harm, misfortune, trouble, danger, destruction, or injury of any kind. Now put that into perspective there. As you think about your life, you know, are there moments when there are things that either have caused you harm or are threatening harm? That have caused misfortune or trouble or danger or destruction or injury? And it doesn't have to be just physical sometimes. It's emotional. It's relational. It's economics. If we're honest, and, and the recent studies show that we live as Americans with an even greater sense of fear and stress and worry. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Because why? You are with me. So this is the truth that we have from this 23rd Psalm, and as we think about the things we pack in our bags of life, in our darkest moments, the darkest moments of all, are in our darkest, most trying times, God assures us that he is near. I think it's important for us to hear that often, to remind ourselves, remind one another that God is near. Even in, in the song we you know, sang as part of our opening song set this morning, you know, Be Thou My Vision, is saying, God, I, I, I want to know that you are near. Give me the sense that you are all around me, that I can trust in your presence. And whatever is before me, I can trust you. In your darkest, most trying moments, God is near you. 
Let's go back and read those words of the 23rd Psalm again. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, because you are with me, I fear no evil. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. So the image here, you know, of the shepherd again, is not only that he sweets out the sheep maybe in, in his arms, but he got his rod and a staff, you know, it's kind of like a club to give a good knock, you know, on something that's attacking the sheep. So also kind of toss that, you know, rod like a club if the sheep is going to go astray. To the staff, that's more we think like the shepherd's crook, you know, where they can grab the sheep or the sheep is maybe down below on a cliff, they can pick that sheep up. They can kind of gather the sheep and call the sheep to watch over and protect them. Even though I walk through the darkest valley because you are with me, I fear no evil. That doesn't mean because God is our shepherd, there is no evil around us. But that we fear no evil. And see, this is one of the truths of the reality of life that we live in and, and how God uses what we experience in life is that God allows times in the valley. Sometimes uh, as Christians, we, we think, you know, well, if I'm going through a dark moment, if I'm struggling, if I'm fearful, then, you know, God, God must not be with me. I must have done something wrong to displease God. Some of you are nodding your heads, but the reality, most of us think that's just what we naturally do. God allows those times in our lives. And he uses the times, the scripture tells us, he uses those times to help shape us and prepare us for the journey ahead. But in the midst of all that, he continues to remind us that he is with us. Paul reminds us of this, the same message here in Romans 8. A passage, again, that may be familiar to a number of you. You know, Paul says, you know, what can separate us from God's love? And he goes, can this, can the heights or depths, can anything of this world or outside of this world? No, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from God's love in Christ Jesus. Even in the darkest, most trying moments of life, God is near. And this is something that God continually reminds his people of, that he is near. That we have a shepherd that has covered us, that is with us, that cares for us, who promises to be with us. Let's take a look. We're going to go through a number of passages fairly quickly here. I just want you to get you a sense of how often God reminds, reassures his people that whatever they are facing, that he is with them that they are not alone, and that even in the midst of what should be terrifying, they need not fear, because the God of the universe, the shepherd of his people, is with them. Let's read Genesis 26, 24. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. God speaking to Jacob there. All right, Deuteronomy. Don't be afraid of them, because you, the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, will be with you. So God's speaking here to the people of Israel. They're about ready to engage in a battle of these overwhelming forces. Things look pretty dark and bleak. And God is saying, do not fear. Why? Because I am with you. The God that brought you out of Egypt, I have been with you as you wander through the wilderness. And I am with you right 
now. Let's read the next one. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. and He will neither fail nor abandon you. God speaking here to Joshua as he prepares to lead the people into the promised land. Moses is gone and God is reassuring him, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid because why? I am with you. Prophet Isaiah, again, we hear this same message of God's presence. We read together. Don't be afraid because I am with you. Don't be intimidated. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will support you with my victorious right hand. Again, God, seeing that his people are going through a dark moment, a trying time, is reassuring them as he reassures you that he is with you. And even in the New Testament, we pick this up. In Matthew, as Jesus says to his disciples, I'm with you always. And then later in Hebrews 13, we read these words here. God said, I will never abandon you or leave you. So we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? In our darkest, most trying times, God assures us, that he is near. Maybe for right now, it's not a really dark and trying time. But in life, we know that we'll have those moments. Maybe right now, it is a dark and trying time. You feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death. Things seem uncertain. You're worried. You're terrified. And God is reassuring you. You are not alone. I am with you. Always to the very end of time. Those are words of assurance that our God shares with us, and those are words of assurance that we share with one another, that we encourage one another. God is with us. God is with you. At Holy Spirit, we talk about growing in Jesus and sharing His love. So when we think about this, this text and this promise of God, you know, we can share that love by encouraging others, by sometimes being Jesus with flesh on, by being with somebody who's going through a difficult time. But we also, when we grow in Jesus, we don't just learn all kinds of cool facts about the 23rd Psalm. We begin growing in what it means for us to reflect on God is with us. So the challenge I'm going to give for you this week is this, especially if you're going through a challenging time right now, but even if you're not, just be preparing yourself for the challenging time because they will come. And the challenge is this, is the question for reflection is what can you do to remind yourself that God is near you? And maybe some of you do this right now. Maybe you have ways that you do things to remind you that God is part of your life. You know? Maybe you got Jesus on the dashboard as you're driving down the road. If I had Jesus on my dashboard, then I'd be like, I would go through the roundabout differently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Jesus on your dashboard, my friend Kurt who a number of years ago went to this poll and could have Jesus on his, you know, tray and saying, there are no snakes on this plane. There are no snakes on this plane. Jesus is near me. My friends. My friends. <laughs> That's why in some traditions, and, and even in, in older Lutheran traditions, that some of you may have grown up, you know, making the sign of the cross. It can just be a thing that you do 
But really, it's a way of saying, you know what? I know God is with me. It reminds us of our baptism. I've been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that God is near me. He calls me his very own child. He loves me so much that he gave his son for me. That's why some of us fit crosses, not just in church, but in our homes, so that we see that and we're reminded God is near. The shepherd is near. He is with you always, especially in the darkest, most trying moments of life. So as you think about our summer baggage and we begin to maybe unpack some of those fears and know that some of those fears may just be with us for our entire lives, we also know that we can pack with us, that we're not alone on that journey. In the midst of the fears and the worries, Jesus, the good shepherd, is with you. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise because you are with us. Lord, if we're honest, there are times when our fears, our worries, we doubt your presence, we doubt your love, and Satan especially seems to want to whisper in our ears, how could God love you because of what you've done? This just proves that God doesn't love you. Yet, Lord, we pray that you'd help drown out that voice and that we would hear the voice of the shepherd. We would feel the presence, the strong, loving arms, especially in our darkest moments of the shepherd who cares for us, of you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.